Hey, thank you so much for listening. No matter when you are listening, no matter where you are, get comfortable. Get yourself a cup of tea, a glass, or an entire bottle of wine. Maybe smoke a blunt, get under a blanket, grab yourself some popcorn, and enjoy this week's episode of The Slut Show with Ellen Moore. My name is Ellen Moore. Didn't change yet. Welcome to this Instagram live stream. It is the eighth one already. I cannot believe it. Due to the current situation in regards to COVID-19, instead of recording on location here in the Slut Show studio in Amsterdam, this episode is an Instagram live stream. Follow at the Slut Show with Ellen Moore on Instagram to never miss out on any updates. And without further ado, enjoy this week's episode. Today I will be joined by a musician. She's still a poet. She's still a lesbian. She's a business babe. She came out at age 16. She is a bombshell who's part of the creative team of Sex Talk Saturdays. And most importantly, today she will be joining me for this live stream. Good up for Amanda. Yes. Hi, Ellen. Hey. Oh, wow. That's been so long. I know, right? I heard your intro and I'm like, yes, I have still been all of these things for the past two minutes. For the past two minutes, right. I was like, I need to do it again because, you know... I can't even, okay. Oh my God, no, you're a whole queen. You kept it rolling. You know, the show must go on, you know. Show you know how we do. The show on. must exactly. go on. Exactly. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Again, thank you so much for having me. It's a beautiful day here in uh, sunny South Florida, and I am just honored to be here with you. Thanks so much for being here. For the first time ever, you can't see this because I'm in the studio right now, but for the first time ever, it's actually light outside. It's not dark yet in Amsterdam. It's becoming light longer now. What you yes. also cannot see is that my whole house is packed up. I'm sitting in moving boxes. I literally kept this dress out of it to just, you know, have an outfit. <laughs> um, it's a good dress. It was a good option. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, today, we're going to be talking about a whole lot of things. But uh, before we're going to get excited. into all of that. I'm excited. The Slut Show with Ellen Moore. The podcast slash talk show about shit you and I have to deal with on a daily basis about feminism, insecurities, feeling like a bomb-ass bitch, and obviously about loads of sex. Enjoy your weekly dose of empowerment. Your weekly dose of empowerment. What is the most empowering thing you did lately? Wow, honestly, honestly, I've been feeling pretty powerful lately. I've got a lot of really um, amazing things happening. Um, you know, all the work is paying off personal and business-wise, and um, I don't know. I got my real estate license. Business is kicking off. Congrats. I'm working That's on amazing. Creative. Thank you. Thank you. I'm working on some creative projects that are going really well. And um, I don't know. The best is yet to come. I'm super excited. So I'm feeling hella empowered lately. Good. Good. You look fantastic, by the way. I didn't say that yet. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. You too. Thank you. I, um, when we had the pre-live meeting, because obviously I talked to my guests before we go- we're actually going live, um, you told me that what your dream is uh, to be is a paid storyteller. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. Um, I've been writing since I was about 12 years old. I used to make like remixes from like the radio, you know, Power 96 would be playing and I would be in there making some remix to whatever track was playing. And, um, and then I started um, being introduced to poetry in like seventh and eighth grade. And, you know, some of the great poets, they touched me so much. Robert Frost, Edgar Allan Poe, they're some of my favorites. Um, and I've been writing ever since, you know. And as far as um, 
the storytelling, I tell my stories through script writing and through songwriting. How is it actually right now? Because for those who don't know, you were born in Brooklyn, New York City, and you grew uh, and you're living right now in Florida. How yeah, are things? Yeah, I don't. Florida. I don't want to talk about COVID too much, but how are things right now where yeah. you live? Oh, girl, I'm in South Florida. It's like, as far as regulations go, it's like COVID does not exist here. <laughs> it's like COVID does not exist. People are just everywhere. There's no masks, you know, like. It's, Those are days I don't remember. Yeah, it's it's a thing down here, girl. It's, down here, DeSantis, the governor was like, who cares? Do whatever you want. Let's make money, you know. Right. Um, well. Yeah, it's been, it's been pretty bad. But um, I think. I'm a very big person on like your personal safety and your personal health is, you know, up to you. You're responsible mm -hmm. for wearing your mask, your sanitizer, all of the things, you know, I go out, I go out to events um, here and there, you know, ones that right. I really want to be at. <laughs> and um, I will always have my mask on. I'll keep, you know, I'll keep my hand sanitizer on me. I'm trying to be as safe as possible. You know, this thing is a real thing, but um, don't right. be too paranoid, you know, live your life. Yeah, exactly. Because it can get in your head. And I think that for a lot of people, I, for everyone, it's been rough, obviously, for many different reasons. I usually also ask people's ages. And just before this live stream, I just want to talk about it for a sec. Oh, God. <laughs> you, you are 34? I am 34, yeah. A black yeah. don't crack, honey. Oh, my God. No, girl. I was in there, girl. You know I got that I got that good in there, you know? <laughs> right. You got the Puerto Rican vibes. Yeah, yeah. The mixed, the mixed vibes have done me well, you know? I would have never been able to tell. It obviously doesn't say a lot, but I would have... I was shocked. Just wanted to put that out there. Um, what has it been like for you? Because you lived through Trump's presidency. You've seen all the politics go down. Um, what has that been like for you over the past couple of years? It is like watching like a wild rodeo slash train wreck slash slash. It's just been a hot mess, honestly. Um, Trump was just a disgrace to the country, in my personal opinion. Um, he wasn't even a politician. He would, I don't even think he's a good businessman, but that's a whole other conversation. Right. Um, and I think that he allowed for uh, white nationalism to become such a thing now Again. in America. Again, you know, like I remember talking to my mom and we were like, yo, the racists are like allowed to be out and about now because he gave them a pass, you know, the whole thing exactly. at Charlottesville where people were like, walking down the street like the KKK was basically marching down the street and he was like it's okay they're cool people I'm like what is going on that how how are you um how are the people around you dealing with it as well how are you coping with all your people who you hang out with the ones close to you uh, we we have a very tight-knit group you know um we're all a bunch of thinkers and um we know we know that there's a, a big war for like good and evil right now, you know, um, and good prevails. We won the election. So well, at least he lost the election. That's really how to say it. He lost right. the election. So there is God. Exactly. That is a step in the right direction. As far as we can tell, um, as far you, as we can tell, you as know? far as we can tell, you are part of sex talk Saturdays. Um, for those who don't know, please tell them a little bit more about that. 
Yes, I am the, uh, I'm honored to be the co-host of Sex Talk Saturdays. Lisa is my very best friend, my soulmate, my sister, and she started the Sex Talk Saturday uh, movement and page and platform. And um, I just, I looked at her one day and I was like, this is so special. I said, this is so, so special, you know, Um, and she's my best friend. We talk about sex all the time anyway, you know, so we were just like, let's put on a camera and And just have those exact things, you know? Yeah, yeah. We just started recording some of the conversations and she would come up with these really targeted um, questions. And, you know, we were talking about things that we weren't educated about growing up, you know, and I feel like there's such a lack of education when it comes to sex um, and intimacy and all of the things surrounding sex and relationships. So that's why I am personally such an advocate and uh, a part of sex talk. What was your sex education like growing up? Mm. Um, I always joke that my mom was a pamphlet mom. So she would come home from like her doctor's appointments with like all of the pamphlets, like all of the information, you know what I mean? Like here are your hormones, here's your period, here's about your body, here are the basics of sex, like here's all of the things. And um, it's so funny because she'd be like, read this and if you have any questions, like come to me and ask. And uh, God bless her, she was always willing to answer all of my questions as uncomfortable as they might be as I got older. Um, And she was always honest and she she always kept it real, you know? That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. You came out when you, when you were 16. I believe you came out as bi, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, when I first came out. Yeah, because, you know, you're trying to, like, make the blow not as hard. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, and I, at that point, I wasn't 100% sure that I was, like, 100% a lesbian. I just knew I was into women and I needed to say something about that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's funny because as the years went by, as the years went by, my mom was like, well, where's the bisexual part? Where are the dudes? (laughs) (laughs) Where are the guys? And I was like, about that, you know? About that. Sorry, mom. (laughs) It's not happening. It was good for a little while, but now. When did you, how old were you when you realized, all right, I'm definitely also into, into women? Um, really, really young. I think like the first time that I ever like realized, oh shit, I think I might be a lesbian. I was like in fifth grade. Yeah, it's so interesting when you first like start to learn about sex, you know? I remember, man, I was such like a little horny little kid, man. <laughs> How I remember my mom, my mom had a, my mom had a boyfriend or, um, and there was a, uh, a playboy in the house and I remember like stealing his playboys all the time and bringing them into my room and I would just like go through them and just just go through them (laughs) and just look Mm -hmm. I was just so curious you know what I mean right how old were you when you started masturbating I was young I want to say between 9 and 11 I want to say between 9 and 11 I I feel like there's a lot of guys who start masturbating around that age, but very little women who actually start masturbating that early. But I think I was 10, 11 max tops. Like, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause by 12, I was like a veteran. I was in there. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but when, when I, um, when I went in, into my first year of high school, I remember um, that boys were showing everybody porn, like, Oh my God, porn. 
because uh, yeah. you know that's like a phase that they're like who look at this to annoy people and i saw a website i was like oh cool i can try a different one now yeah yeah now i can explore wow there's lots of other stuff out there that's cool you know i just looked it up and there were i wasn't really shocked i didn't go ew i just looked at it i was like what are you trying to do and they're like what's wrong with her yeah yeah i was very much like that too like i was always like super mature so when they would try to be like you know try to make you uncomfortable or like geeky about sex you know i'd be like you guys are right. so mature you know? right. <laughs> i have no time for your immaturity you know we're talking about sex i'm gonna get back to masturbating now bye bye you know what i mean you guys are so behind <laughs> right i i I remember one point being like, you know, I want to, I want to experiment with like, I didn't know really about like, uh, vibrators or dildos. So I just started experimenting with what was at hand. I, I remember <laughs> stealing a condom and putting it around mm -hmm. uh, a carrot. Um, uh -huh. that's why the heard of <laughs> maybe, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's creative for fucking sure. Um, and I also remember I washing that. it and putting it back in the fridge. Oh my god! Oh my god! You're having like dinner, and your like, mom's like, "I cannot throw away." How this. old were you? How old were you? Too old to be cute. <laughs> <laughs> Too like, old to be pulling that shit. <laughs> um, I think like eleven, twelve ish. So like, that's no, that's know, still really but, young. But there was like two or three carrots. So like, it would like where 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 did the carrot go? You know. I can't be like, you know, sorry about the condom and the carrot, because, you know, that's going to be weird. <laughs> that's hilarious. So, so oh I, I was God, washing so it funny. like that under, like, the, the water. I was like, I'm just going to... I dried it off and put it back. Well, at least you cleaned it. I mean, at least you cleaned it. I cleaned it. I cleaned it. I had fun, and I cleaned it. That's amazing. I think... No, I think the first time I ever, like, experimented with, like, a vibrator or anything like that, like, I was older, you know? I had already, like had my first girlfriend we started like exploring you know and I was already older um at that point how old were you when what when you started using first... vibrators and stuff and exploring toys I don't know maybe like 16 17 oh my god I have a story <laughs> fire away <laughs> honey I'm about to share this shit okay so true story I was living at home with my mom at the time and I must have been I don't know, maybe 17, old, old enough to have a vibrator, but not old enough to like, be like, Hey mom, I have a vibrator, you know? Yeah. Um, and I remember my mom came into the room to talk to me on some like, you know, family meeting type shit. Right. So we're sitting right. there and we're talking and I swear out of nowhere, my vibrator just goes off. Oh it God. turns on. How? It turns on. And there's this like faint, buzzing in the background somewhere and she's like what's that sound? and I'm like what is that sound <laughs> I have no idea what that is and whatever so I you know I was like you know it's fine whatever it is it's you know it's probably the AC or something I don't know so she ended the conversation and left and I ran straight to the drawer and I was like oh my god this thing turned on in the middle of this conversation i was dying ah, i was so bad i swear like sometimes i genuinely feel like people who passed away in our lives are turning on vibrators and shit like i would do that if i you could. know what now that you say it you might be right about that my family they're a bunch of jokesters so <laughs> i mean 
if I would be able to do that after I pass away, I'd be turning on everybody's vibrator. <laughs> oh, right? Oh my God, yes. I would be messing with everybody. Hell That'd yeah. hilarious. I have some fun with it. Exactly. I actually recently started to just give all my friends sex toys because um, I was like, I'm done with stupid birthday gifts. I want to give them something that they're actually going to enjoy. And so I'm the main sponsor of their sex toy collection, which I take in pride. I'm promoter of their sex lives, honey. I'm here for it. Exactly. There we go. It's um, so funny. Lisa actually uh, gifted me uh, a sex toy a few months ago. I went through a really, you know, rough breakup. And... Um, <laughs> at one point she came over it was like here for you and your broken heart i was like okay that's what i needed no but for real good friend good friends get you uh sex toys exactly i couldn't agree more do you feel like people come to you um most easily because of the way that you talk about sex and other things so openly um no, I think that people come to me because they know I'm a safe space. There's something about my energy that they know. I mean, I've had strangers walk up to me, you know, near strangers, you know, friends of friends and stuff like that. People who don't really know me. Right. And just be like, I need to tell somebody this. I need to, I need to let it out, you know? Um, and I love that. I love that my energy kind of speaks for itself in that way and that people know that they're safe with me. Right. I can very much relate to that. Do you feel like, um, how would you like people to see you in that sense? Because obviously that's something that you appreciate and feel comfortable with. But if you would have to describe yourself in three words, let me put it like that. What would you choose to describe yourself? Um, passionate, uh, free, and... Um loving those are beautiful words for sure and i can i can see that i don't i hardly know you you know but sometimes you connect with someone's vibe and that's something i feel with you that's great um obviously we've all been through shit in life um we talked about victim blaming quite excessively when we were having the pre-conversation uh what is your experience with that Oh, man, in America, woo, the whole culture is, like, built off of victim blaming. It's, oh, God, man, it's so problematic. I just, it's so deep-rooted in our culture that it's everywhere, and, like, you don't really see it until all of a sudden you see it, which is why, like, um, we posted something on Sex Talk the other day about uh, Snow White being kissed by the prince. Oh my God, that was such an eye opener to me. Me too, when I saw it, I was like, yo, Lisa, we have to post this because I was like, we've all been, we've all seen that scene and they romanticized that non-consensual moment for that... boys, for, for girls and for boys. So boys are seeing this as well. So I'm like, where else are they seeing these things? And then I thought, you know, about music, you know, there's a lot of music that um, talks about you know, get get her drunk because, you know, it just makes it easier, though, you know? And I'm like, this is rapey as fuck. <laughs> like, excuse what me, what? For, for those listening, because I know a lot of people don't actually tune in for the lives because, you know, different time difference and stuff. But for those listening, uh, you posted something along the lines of, like, it was, like, the picture of Snow White being kissed by the prince and the fact that that was a complete 
non-consensual moment and that every single one growing up in in like western cultures is raised off of the image of that exact image being like that's cool that's great mm -hmm. you know boys mm -hmm. will tease you when and they not like only you. is it okay it's romanticized that's what you like in some subconscious way you know what i'm saying right. in my mind it's really really subconscious but there's that film there's sleeping beauty again he wakes her while she's sleeping you know and i've I've known guys that talk about, you know, you know, trying to have sex with their sleeping girlfriends, you know, and I'm like, and I've heard a girl say that too, like, girl, I don't care, I could be asleep and he could take it. What the fuck, you know? Right. And I, yeah. I'm not to like, like, if that's okay for you, that's okay for you. But like, may I challenge your own thought? Like, are you sure that's okay with you? Right. Because it, that's not okay in my mind. I feel like there's this uh, huge image, romanticized as well, same story kind of, of um, waking someone up, giving them a blowjob, waking someone up, going down on them, like waking mm. them up with sex. And see, for yeah. me, that's a very fine line between that's hot versus that is fucked up. And yeah, I feel that. I remember that my boyfriend was always like, oh, do that to me. That'd be awesome. So, you know, he asked for that. And then... Um, I was like, yeah. yeah, yeah, you can do that with me. And then it right, never, right, it never right, worked. Yeah. It never worked because I would wake up and I'd be like, <gasps> and I, I now literally now in this conversation realize like, because of my past experiences, not necessarily on sexual levels, um, but like, what the fuck who does that someone says um but like you know my past experiences it made me go, go back to that even though you can love someone and even though you can want that with someone if you're sleeping it's a whole different story because you're not consciously present absolutely yeah 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 i love the idea of being woken up to sex trust me um right. but there is definitely a a right way to do it you know what i'm saying like you know Exactly. There's definitely a right way to do it. Don't just like be like, oh shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. there's a right way to like, hey, you know, like, you exactly. want to do this or no, you know, because the answer can be no, and that's fine too, obviously. Exactly. That's that's a very fine line indeed. Um, do you um, obviously, if I'm crossing any boundaries, tell me. Uh, do you have experiences yourself with um, trigger warning for those listening, streaming, uh, sexual assault? It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> Do you have any experiences uh, with that yourself? Uh, with? Sexual assault. Uh, sexual assault, not necessarily, but sexual abuse, yes. Um, and it was when I was a little girl, um, and it was a few times with a babysitter of mine. And I had a crush on my babysitter. My babysitter was a beautiful young woman. And um, I think she could sense that I had a crush on her, as I think a lot of, like, these pervs can. You know what I mean? Like, they can tell that you have, like, this adoration for them and that, you know, you think they're cool or that you think that they're pretty or anything, you know? Um, and so she took advantage of me. And I think it's interesting because a lot of people don't know that that kind of thing happens with women as well. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. And I think... It's just, you can be preyed upon by people like that, you know, when it comes to Ab childhood sexual abuse, you know, it's terrible. Ab and it's Absolutely. It's one of those generational curses we were talking about. 
Exactly. And that's something that I pointed out to you. And I, I for a very long time thought this because I was, as I was talking to different black women in my life, this was something that um, was mentioned and mentioned again and by a totally different person in a totally different context. And I was just like, is it just the people that I'm surrounded by or is this a generational curse that is also not also rooted in racism, but also rooted in black communities? Yes, and um, you answered that question beautifully because um, in my personal experience, um, it is a generational curse in a lot in a lot of homes in a lot of homes, and especially um, you know people like people of color. I know that we kind of grow up with this like what happens in this house stays in this house mentality, and that's really really fucking problematic, you know because. There have, there's been familial sexual abuse, you know? And I think that, I think that we as a black community like to raise our black men up, you know what I mean? And if they do something right. wrong, sometimes we have been known not to call it out the first time. R. Kelly, Cosby, all of these things. And I was a part of it. I was a part of it. Right. Oh my God, R. Kelly? No, no, you know? Um, because you just don't want society bringing another black man down, you know? Um, and in that same respect, we have to hold our men and our women accountable. You know what I mean? Every um, single one of them, because one time is already enough to call them out. Because one that time one is time too fucking much. It's way too fucking much. And, and, I then, feel and, like then, and then we sacrifice our young boys and girls because nobody wants to fucking say anything. And that's you know? how you keep the generational curse to keep recurring. And I feel like that's also a huge uh, issue that lies within the burden of representation, by which I mean that um, one person doing this is a representation of the whole group because it's a marginalized group we're speaking of. Yes, yes, And yes. that is most likely also because of... Um, American segregation past and you know I feel like Girl. racism was a whole different scale um when you I'm not trying to say that it's not here in the Netherlands because it is here as well and it's fucking problematic tell me what that's been like for you growing up in America it's been really interesting because I moved around a lot um within the United States I was born in Brooklyn, I lived in Coral Springs for a little bit, moved to Pittsburgh, lived in Oklahoma, lived in Georgia. Um, and so I got to see how the world would treat me very right. quickly. Um, and it wasn't good. It wasn't good. The, the filter that I saw, the way that I saw that the world would see me, you know, um, there left little hope if I was just going to look through the lens of society. But thank God I had my mother and a beautiful family to be like, this is the lens of self-worth and value that you see the world through. You know what I'm saying? Fuck what right. they have to say. You have value, you know what I mean? Um, but American society will try to tell you time and time again that you have no value. And when you are watching your brothers and sisters be murdered on, on camera, 
over and 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 over again, it's kind of like, well, fuck, you know, like, I guess my life and my community doesn't fucking matter here, you know, and that's kind of the thing that the Black Lives Movement um, have been trying to do. You know, they started in 2013. They started? In 2013. Wow. And the protest, like the... um, the George Floyd protest just happened last year. So when you kind of look at it, you know, and that's just like modern history, like. For me, the Black Lives Matter. Exactly. I feel like for me, a white person speaking, obviously, You're the Black white? Lives Matter movement, a white person speaking, obviously, fail as shit. I light up. I look like a damn sun. Um, You're beautiful. Anyways, um, I feel like the Black Lives Matter movement got a face with George Floyd, and that's fucked up. Because it wasn't just yes. George Floyd, and it wasn't just Breonna Taylor. It was so many before them, from the beginning of times. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it started with the rise of the Black Panther Party and the KKK rising against that. How were you taught about racism in American high schools and elementary schools i love you so much for asking this question because it's something that i actually wanted to say black history has been hidden from us and it is not only hidden from us it's hidden from you it's globally all over america like all people it is hidden there have been things that have come um, to the forefront in like the last uh, two years with the uh, protest that happened um, over the George Floyd killing. And I'm like, whoa, there's, there's history that I had no idea about. You know, like what happened in Tulsa? What happened in um, the, the Harlem race riots? Like there, nobody knows about these things. They're not teaching us. And so they're not teaching us and they're not teaching white Americans as well. So we grow up with our experiences you know, denied. Um, d- denied. And then like a white person will be like, but my experience hasn't been like that. So there's no racism in America. It's like, be- what? Like, how do you fight that? It's it's so frustrating. I genuinely wonder every day I ask, I, I constantly when I'm seeing things on social media, I try to read more about it, do more research about it, talk to my white friends about this. And tell them that, listen, it wasn't George Floyd that started this. It started hundreds of years ago. This is a problem that's been rooted in every single part of society globally. Absolutely. And it pisses me off because I feel like um, society, the media, whatever, you know, the powers that be try to make it like Black Lives Matter versus the, the police. Right. That's become like a thing. That's become the narrative. And that's not the fucking issue. The police, the poli- we have an issue with the police in this country, obviously, you know what I'm saying? But the racism is so deep-rooted in these institutions that this is allowed. It is allowed. It is allowed. I wrote something down, and it's and, um, the 13th Amendment, the 13th Amendment abolished slavery, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what the 13th Amendment actually says is slavery basically does not exist except for punishment for a crime. So after that was passed, they made a bunch of laws that vilified black people like, oh, you want to, you know, play jazz or you want to date a white woman? You are now criminalized and now we have you. The, the, 
it just changed form. It just changed form. I the, know. I, I know. I know. When it, when I realized it, I was like, oh my God. And again, right. these are things that are not taught to us. The 13th, the 13th Amendment said that slavery was abolished. We're free. That's it. We're free. Why are we still bitching? Oh my Why god. Still like, the issue wasn't slavery, and obviously it was the fucking issue, but the problem was that you say, okay, now it's no longer allowed, so now we create rules to allow it in different ways. To control you still. Exactly. To control you still, you know? And um, it's really, it's really terrible because we grow up, um, our experience here is a difficult one in the sense that, like, there's like the haves and the have-nots, and it's not necessarily about race. It could be about the have and the have-nots of money. You know what I mean? Um, We're hey, always Lou, taking question. Hit, hit it. <laughs> um, so it's just, there's so many things at play, you know what I mean? And it really irritates me that nobody wants to get to like the core of what these issues actually are. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people just want to be like, it's the cops, it's the cops. And it's like, no, it's not. It's not the cops. I have tons of people in my family who are cops. I have people that I love very much who are cops. You know, like there's, there's more good than bad out there. But the media shows, shows what's happening in the streets here, you know, with um, the lack of police accountability. What do you feel like needs to happen right now within any part of society in order to change that deep-rooted version of racism, which is the foundation of it all? People need to start talking. People don't want to have uncomfortable conversations. Like Lou, he could drop a question right now. I, I, I love and respect that guy. Me and him, we have sometimes we have differences of opinions and stuff, but we both respect each other enough to be able to come to the table and enjoy a good conversation. And right. even if it's uncomfortable, we both walk away better for it. You know what I mean? Um, and it's hard. It's hard to have these conversations, especially because in America we were taught you don't talk about uh, race, religion, and politics. Well, then look at the shitstorm that got us. You know what I mean? Exactly. We, 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 we have to be so parallel, you know, Republican and Democrat and white versus black. Like, it's always my either ass, this you know? or that, but there is so much in between that, this or that. There are more people in between the this and that than you can ever imagine. And I feel like because of the media, yeah. that's also what Lou is saying, I believe, that is um, accepted Absolutely. and that continues. And that is also one of the reasons why I started the Slut Show. I did uh, journalism and I learned there so much that within the media, like for example, in Dutch media, they refer to transgender people as transgenders. And I only recently learned that you cannot say transgenders because it's not transgenders. Like you can't say cis, like cis what? Cis men and women, transgender men and women. And that's something that the media deliberately chooses to do every single day. And when they are interviewing people who are trans, um, then they refer to them with pronouns that they do not identify with. And it is exactly the same. It's also like that with racism. It's rooted within the way these schools teach journalists and everybody working in the media from behind the camera to in front. Mm -hmm. 
like it's how the world works. That you say that. I had um I had a friend of mine at work the other day come up to me and tell me that he was like shocked and upset that his college textbook was written by somebody like a famous person from the KKK or something like that. And I stopped and I looked at him and I was like, that's adorable. <laughs> at first I wanted to get pissed, you know, you know, cause like, how do you not, you know, like it, it shocks you. That shocks you. That's, that is the foundation of America. Like it's in every, like that shocks you. But then I have to remember his experience isn't my experience in the way that he views the world and what he has seen thus far is what he has seen, you know? So then he has this moment where he's like, oh shit, aha, you know? And I just wish that some people would open their eyes a little bit more, you know, and do a little bit more research and ask questions, ask the uncomfortable questions, have the uncomfortable conversations. Cause that is what brings people together and is going to be able to save us all. You know, that's why I love podcasts and things like this. Cause the people are really talking and they're getting together. What are those questions? What do you feel like has been one of the most, um, like the the most genuine that's adorable uh the most genuine question you've discussed with someone in regards to racism what are those questions mm. i don't know i just think especially because it was so relevant in the past couple of years especially with the protest last year there have been a lot of conversations it's just the topic of the day you know so when you're talking about current events everyone starts dropping their opinion you know Um, and I am lucky to be in good company as far as people who respect me and who we can, we, we can have a good debate or open the floor to people's feelings, you know, and their thoughts. Um, because again, everyone's experience is different and there have been things that it, it's nice when somebody can shine a light on something that you didn't see before. Exactly. You know, you know, I always said um life begins at the end of your comfort zone and i genuinely feel like my whole life changed as soon as i i saw that and i was like whoa and i feel like that is what started my whole life i really feel like that i feel like before that i was just living the way i was raised and taught in school and taught by media and taught by the world around me for as far as i knew it existed I didn't know all these things existed that I now know and love. I didn't know all these mindsets could be so different. I didn't know that I had the right to stand up to my abusers, run away and fight for my own happiness. I didn't know those things because you are kept in this bubble that you are raised in or live in. Um, how do you break out of that bubble? For example, if you're a white man listening to this, how do you break out of that bubble and how can you genuinely learn about these kinds of things while still being white and male? Um, I think you have to humble yourself enough to explore um, walks of life that you don't know. You know, I think a lot of times, especially in America, it's like, I'm American and I'm right. My way is right. Whichever way that is, I'm right. Um, and I think that's so problematic. And I think you have to humble yourself and open your heart and your mind to what you don't know. You know, I remember when I, I always tell people before you come out to the world, you have to come out to yourself. And I remember when I came out to myself, I had to sit here and filter through like what I had been taught. And what I had been taught was that being gay was bad and being gay was a sin and that I was 
a bad sin, basically. You know what I mean? And so I just remember sitting there crying and praying and crying and praying. And you really have to just trust your heart, you know? Like, after I came out to myself in that bed with me and God, I was like, can't nobody tell me nothing. Me and my God are good, so bring it, you know? And then I wanted to educate myself on what the Bible, the Torah, the Quran, what, what some of the great religions say about it. What did Jesus say about it? Nothing, by the way. Um, like, what, you know, like all of these things that I had been forced to filter my experience through, some of them were bullshit. So what, what other bullshit was out there? I was hungry for the knowledge. I was hungry for um, the experiences of what other people could teach me. The truth might be the most painful thing you can ever experience or learn, but it's always what your soul eventually is searching for, for that truth. I'd rather have a painful truth to digest than blissful ignorance because it isn't that blissful yeah and you know the truth when you hear it you feel it whether it's a good truth or a bad truth you know what has what has coming out um as a lesbian been like for you um in regards to that um in regards to like my religion or my religious upbringing all of it just in general what has it been like just for you in general man it was it was hard it was hard i came out just about 20 years ago um i was like i had met my first girlfriend at like 15 and i came out at 16 and it was terrifying it was terrifying especially back then things weren't as um there wasn't as much knowledge out there you know and so I'm like out there like being gay isn't bad and you know what I mean? Like you guys have it wrong, you know? And I was right the whole time. I knew I was right, you know? And it's not society that has to affirm that for me. I knew I could feel it. You know what I mean? Like that wasn't, I don't think that's what God is worried about, you know? How did you keep <laughs> saying it with all those voices saying, no, you're wrong. No, you're lying. No, you're sinning. Apparently I am as strong as some people think I am. <laughs> You are a fucking powerhouse, man. Thank you. You are. Thank you. Thank you. It was rough, but we made it through, and my mom and I are super close now, and there's still things that she doesn't understand, and maybe things that she'll never understand, and I have to accept that, you know? Um, but we have a great relationship. You know, she's one of my closest friends at this point, and that's really all I could ask for. That's amazing. Yeah how um because obviously victim blaming can relate to anything in regards to the story you just told us about your babysitter um yeah about well i i believe uh i can't come up with the word anything lgbtq related as well um, oh my god it's always the victim's fault your skirt's too short you shouldn't have you know you shouldn't have hit on that one guy you shouldn't have like it's always like you shouldn't have done this you know, why didn't you know and, that and even was if a bad person? You, like, say it again. Why didn't you know they were a bad person? Right, right. Oh my God, you trusted them? How stupid of you! Like, why did you get into that cab? Oh my God, I all can of write the things. A book you you should have had not that many shots. You should not. You shouldn't have been drinking. Like all of the things, as opposed you to the fact that like you shouldn't fucking assault them. 
You should not fucking assault women. How about that? How about Period. we start right there? Period. It's so deep-rooted in our society. It's crazy that we even have to say it. Still, still defend ourselves. You posted something about how, like, when um, something about walking across the street, like how women feel just walking across the street alone. The, um, the thing men fear most about prisons is what women fear walking out on the streets every day, which is rape. That's, that's what they fear most about prison. Well, welcome to our life walking out on the streets. And this is not a fucking pity party. This is the reality. This is the reality we live in. That we encounter every single day when we are out on the streets by ourselves. We hold keys Absolutely. in between our hands. We are on the phone with friends. We walk in baggy clothes. We walk like we are male because then we might not get kidnapped and assaulted. assaulted. Yeah. And it's so, it's terrible. You know, that's one thing that the Me Too movement really shed a light on is that like, in one way or the other, it's all of us. And if you haven't been assaulted, thank God. But if you haven't been assaulted, you still have a fear of, you know, you watch your back, you know? And I just wish that we were raising our, um, our men to understand that a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm no um, male-hating lesbian. You know, I, I love men. They have a place in our world you know i love my dudes you know right. um i just say i just don't want one in my bed that's all um <laughs> but i just think that we are as a society are doing a real disservice to um our little boys and our men because we're telling them that it's okay to kiss sleeping beauty when she's sleeping that's a way of raising them that needs to rigorously change drastically <laughs> Someone's asking, how do you have a conversation with your 15-year-old daughter that thinks she's gay? And I think, if I'm allowed to say so, that it's already in the formulation. Because if she thinks she's gay, she's gay. And sexuality is fluid. So if in 10 years she decides that she's straight or that she's bi or that she's this or that she's that, then that's fine as well. That's fine Maybe as well. I think honestly, I, honestly, the what you just said is really beautiful because it's kind of like, it doesn't matter what you are. At, at a certain point, my mom looked at me after so many years and she was like, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who you date or what you are or, you know, who you think that you are or whatever she tells me. Um, you are who you are. You're still the same person. Your values are still the same. You know, when I came out to my godmother, that was, that was something that she said. She's like, okay, so... You still have to go to school. You still need to be a good person. You still need to do this and that. She's like, okay, you're gay. Doesn't change anything. You still better show up as a good person in this life. Because that is the issue. Exactly. You know? And I was like, yes, ma'am. You know, but it just, who you are doesn't change. And I think if you can tell her, you know, while you figure it out, who you are doesn't change. And what I expect of you doesn't change. Value I yourself. Respect yourself. Exactly. I think that the, the biggest um, challenge is not so much in the moment that your kid or whoever realizes that their, their sexuality, whatever that may be, their sexuality may be, their gender, whatever it is, I think the issue is everything around it. Raise them with the idea that there is no color attached to a gender. Raise them with the idea that dolls are not for girls and cars are for guys everything's right. for everyone raise them mm -hmm. with the idea that you should not assume someone's gender 
solemnly because of the way they look. Don't assume exactly. Don't assume we are women because we dress ourselves like it. We might not identify like that. Yeah, that's that's next level for a lot of people. You know, that's next level for a lot of people. I know that there's people in my family that are like, okay, you're gay, okay, but then like they're like the the rainbow, the, you know, transgender, and this, this, and that, and you know, I have, you know, I'm honored to go ahead and educate people, you know, and I'm honored that they are willing to hear me out, you know. Um, but there's like, just humble yourself. And if somebody wants to be called a boy, call them a boy. If they want to be called a girl, if they want to be called they, like, don't be a douche. Like, come on. I, I never understand what the big problem is. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, they look like this or they dress like that or. If you want to cut your hair, you What's cut your deal? hair. If you want to be called he, then call, <laughs> then call them he. What the fuck? It's, you know what I mean? If you we want to put on red socks, put on red, so red socks. Like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Let your little boy or girl dress however the hell they want. You got bigger issues in this world than whether or not that kid wants to wear a skirt or not. You know what I'm saying? Jesus. You know? Very fucking like issues girl, like value, self-worth, self self-worth and consent, you know, things like that. So important because those things are not being talked about. I feel like a lot of people assume that as soon as you are open about your history with whatever it is, no matter if it's coming out, uh, no matter if it's experiencing racism, racism on a daily basis, they're all such different things, but people treat it the same way because our society is founded in victim blaming. For me, for example, every mm -hmm. single member of my family says that I'm lying, says that I was never abused, says that I am a borderliner. And that is something that I have to deal with every single day of my life. Mm -hmm. And still, I decide to come out, speak out, speak out about it, even though this is something that I deal with every day. That I, I have my chosen family, who I love to the moon and back. But by blood, I have none. Yeah. And these are things that need to be spoken about like this. And I feel like... Um, and good for you, Ellen. Good for you. Because go go where people are going to water you and appreciate you and not exactly. try to stomp out your light, you know, and your growth. Good for the you. grass isn't greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it. You water it. Yeah, for fucking sure is. I um, very recently had a conversation with my childhood best friend who hopefully is watching this, actually. Um, she, um, I, I was with her and with her parents and um, I always feel like whenever I tell my story, I feel like it's coming out. I feel like I have to come out again and re like, like prove who I am, prove that this doesn't change anything about me. Yeah. And um, we had this beautiful conversation where each and every one of us cried and it was like masks dropping on the floor and we just could see each other and be like, I respect you and I value you and you still have a place and we are here for you. And um, it was so open and so honest and so raw and so real. And that is where this world needs to go, where tears are allowed to flow as much as laughs are allowed to be laughed. And, Absolutely. Um, Not only is it okay, but like it's necessary. It's you know, fucking um, necessary. little boys and men in this country have been taught that uh, you know emotions tears little boy you better not cry stop crying 
You you okay? You get two cry. seconds to cry because you hurt yourself, and Please that's it. Just cry. Like I'm 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 hurting. Like I'm hurting in one way or the other. You know what I'm saying? And even like emotionally, you know, like I'm hurting, and it's okay for me to acknowledge that I'm hurting right now. And it's also okay for me to, you know, have that moment, get up, dust off, and move on because that's life, you know. But like. I think it's very important and people need to embrace tenderness again. Exactly. And I vulnerability is something that I'm trying to embrace again. Good for you. That's so important. I'm proud of you for taking those steps and walking that walk. Cause it's a hard one. It's a rough one. It's rough. The whole sex talk thing is definitely um, push, pushing me out of my comfort zone. So it's a good thing. That's where life begins right outside of your comfort zone. Amen. Amen. It really is. Nothing good happens in your comfort zone. I truly believe that as well. And even though sometimes life inside of a comfort zone can be fun, trust me, life outside of it is a whole lot more fun. Um, Oh, hell yeah. We're getting a question. I think it's the last one we can take before we run out of time. I'm a conservative dad, but that shit is out out the window when it's your little girl. Good. I want her to know that I don't care that she's gay, but she doesn't want me to know. Oh, you got to do it like on some. Tell her that it's okay without talking about her. Talk about the community. Talk about, talk about me. Talk about, you know, maybe not necessarily, but just talk about like, oh, you know, I heard that there is, you know, a friend of mine told me that there's not going to be an LGBTQ parade this year. Damn, those are always so much fun. You know, like I know my friend really likes to go to those, you know, or something, you know, like figure out a way to be like that community is okay you know and then eventually buy a rainbow flag i didn't know dad felt like that buy a rainbow flag and hang it up when it's pride week to show yeah yeah not just your daughter but everybody that you are willing to love whoever and support everything yeah other communities too absolutely like even now with the um with the unfortunate events that are happening um, to the Asian community here in America, you know, like just let, it's okay to let other communities know that you're here for them and that you're down, you know, like I support you. You know what I mean? Like I'm an advocate of your people, you know, what has happened to your community isn't right. And I'm here to lift you up and support you, you know, you know, those little things you put up the wall, like home is where the heart is, you know, those horrible quotes, just put up whatever gender you are, whatever sexuality you love, that's where the heart is. Um, yeah. Someone saying, I love you, something. Amanda, and I do too. Thank you so much for doing this Mwah. with me. Um, yes, thank you for having me again. I loved it. Thank you for having this super genuine and honest conversation with me. Um, I think these are very important, and I'm very grateful that you were here to have them with me. Um, thank you so much at home for tuning in and for the awesome questions as well. Next week, I will be back. Same place, same time. I will be joined by sex worker Winter, who is way more than just a sex worker. She is a, trigger warning, sexual assault and women's rights advocate. And she has her OnlyFans page on which she does not just create porn, she creates art, if you ask me. Um, If you like this episode, I'm sure you will love season one and two just as much. So head over to youtube.com slash more to listen or stream or listen on your favorite podcast platform if you want to support the slut show you can head over to my patreon page and buy me coffees only four euros a month do it i need money <laughs> yes, yes support my girl support my girl support it 
it, it would seriously be awesome though if you're watching me and like <laughs> no, no seriously support <laughs> i it would seriously be nice um follow the both of us on instagram stay tuned for everything sex sex talk saturdays has to offer because it's fucking awesome thank you so thank much you. for joining me again absolutely. thank you at home for absolutely. watching and Bye. for now let's, let's out, out. <laughs>